Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw. Today, I'm going to tell you how Josh Hart won the New York Knicks the game against the Jazz, how he's going to transform their season going forward, and why tonight's matchup with the Brooklyn Nets is absolutely crucial for the Knicks. All that and more right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are locked on Nixon. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to. Faster, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA. And I wanted to remind you, we're now available on all platforms, and that includes on YouTube. So if you haven't already, please go throw us a subscription so you never, ever miss an episode. But who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. Typically, I'd be joined by Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the whole wide world. But he is off today, so I'm going to take you through the Knicks' 126-120 to 120 victory over the Utah Jazz. The MVP in this one, uh, probably... Probably Jalen Brunson, if we're being totally objective, given that he had 38 points on 22 shots in 39 minutes. But I want to start off uh, with his former Villanova teammate, Josh Hart, making his Knicks debut 11 points, seven rebounds, four assists, four steals, doing all the little things as advertised was Josh Hart throughout this one. Um, By my count, created 14 extra points uh, for the New York Knicks just off of steals and, and rebounds that they otherwise wouldn't have had. Um, it started early in the second quarter, um, or, or maybe late first, where he, he got out um, off of steals in transition twice, once setting up Jalen Brunson for a right wing three, another time setting up Obi Toppin for a transition layup. And, and, and then Hart just completely dominated the fourth quarter of this ball ballgame. Um, time and time again, he, he essentially erased mistakes for the New York Knicks. Um, like at, at one point, just rushing back to intercept a pass right after the Knicks had a bad turnover, um, running down a long Julius Randle miss that eventually led to Randle getting a, a third opportunity on the play at a tip-in, collecting his own missed rebound to get R.J. Barrett to the line, getting another offensive rebound and setting up R.J. for a three, stripping Walker Kessler with a little over two minutes to go to create yet another second chance for the Knicks, ended up with Julius Randle driving Jordan Clarkson and jamming it, and then putting the game away on, on a big three-pointer um, off of uh, Randle getting to the middle of the floor and kicking it to him with 142 to go. And, and just the the verve that Hart um, supplied, I, I think – transform the Knicks offense in the fourth quarter of this game. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little bolder. I, I, I don't think that I, I know it transformed the Knicks offense in the fourth quarter of the game because this team was absolutely stagnant um, throughout the opening three quarters of play. And they were so reliant on, on just Julius Randle and, and even more so Jalen Brunson to create magic out of thin air. And, and look, they're both uh, even though Brunson uh, for, for, for stupid reasons, is, is not an all-star. I mean, they're, they're two all-star caliber players, right? And look, that, that's what the NBA is to some extent, right? You, you, you put your stars in good position, you get them good matchups, and you let them go to work. But I, I think at a certain point, the Knicks, uh, at the very least, if they hadn't acquired Hart, were, were, were doomed for a really bad stretch of offensive play. And, I, and obviously, we, we, we've gotten some over the last couple of weeks 
when those guys just get run down, get fatigued, or have an off night because they're 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 disproportionately reliant on on what those two do. And and, and we can get into all the reasons for that. Part of it is um, R.J. Barrett has, has uh, struggled on and off the last few games um, after after a really strong stretch of play. Um, going back the last couple of weeks, he's he's been in a bit of a downturn. Um, Quinn Grimes, it, it's been, it's been going on for, for a while now. I mean, we can, we can take a look at his, at his splits, um, over the last three months, like in December, Grimes was averaging 14 points per game. That was over the course of 14 games, four rebounds, two assists. He was shooting 46% from the floor, 39% from three. Um, then in January that went down to 11 points, um, shooting 43% from the floor, 33% from three. And then in February, shooting better from the floor again, but on less shots. And he's all the way down to 31% from three-point range. And if you watch Quentin Grimes right now, you, you see a guy who is extremely reticent to shoot, does not trust his shot. When he does shoot, it doesn't, it doesn't look confident. It's either, it's either rushed um, or it, it's just out of rhythm. Um, and I think not, not to get too sidetracked on this point, but – it feels like he is in a very similar place to where Emmanuel quickly was earlier this season, where he is struggling to find his identity as, as a player in the NBA in the context of the Knicks. And you know what that is, that is not necessarily atypical for someone as young as he is still um, in his second season, really didn't play a whole lot his first season. So I believe in Quinn Grimes talent. I think he is eventually going to figure it out, but it, it, it's it's concerning, and I, I think he was he was the guy who um, kind of lubricated the, the Knicks' offense when when he got healthy 15 games into the season, and and the Knicks essentially just, just need that guy back that they had earlier in the year, but but that is missing. RJ is not playing well, and, and they're very much I think missing the the offense created from Mitchell Robinson's offensive rebounding, a, a category where he's he's neck and neck with Stephen Adams for the best in the NBA, as Jericho Sims provides. A little bit of that, but not um, – or, or Jericho Sims provides a lot of that. He's a very good offensive rebound, but it's not quite to the same extent as Mitch because Mitch is a much better finisher um, after getting offensive rebounds and, and, and much more prone to getting tip-ins, which uh, shout-out to Isaiah Hartenstein has, has certainly been a theme for iHeart um, the last few games or, or so. Uh, but all that is to say Josh Hart makes a really significant difference for the Knicks because that verve that they're currently missing from Grimes, that defensive playmaking – that they've been missing to some extent for Grimes. Um, he provided in abundance this game. Look, I think Grimes is going to bounce back. I'm sure Josh Hart is going to have stretches where, where like this, this was a crazy game. Four steals in 26 minutes. That that is that is not common um, in the NBA. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be able to do this every single night. But but that jolt really made the difference. And and I think seeing a a, a different offense for the Knicks. Um, in the fourth quarter of this game, because th- this this was the type of game that I think with no heart there, I think they probably lose. Like without those extra opportunities created, because the Jazz started cooking in the fourth quarter. And the Knicks really separated because one one because Jalen Brunson was uh, ridiculous. He had, he had ten points and, and then uh, also set up a three pointer apiece for Hart and Randall, so created sixteen points in the fourth quarter. Um, but two because Hart was able to create all those second opportunities when the Knicks missed. And that allowed them to keep pace with, with Lowry Markinen as, as he really heated up in a game that the Knicks otherwise would have blown. And then, I mean, if you, if you look at the Knicks clutch record now this year, like I, I know like we, we've all year been um, kind of like ringing our, I forgot the phrase, ringing, 
ring our heads, ring your, nope, that's not it. Um, but we've, we've all been frustrated. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it simple um, by the Knicks lack of success in clutch situations, because I, I think the bad moments for the Knicks have been so, so bad this year. But if you, if you take an objective measure, right, which is the Knicks record in clutch games, NBA stats defines clutch games as games that are within um, five points or less inside the final five minutes. Um, the Knicks are 17 and five on the year. So they uh, are not 17, five, 17 and 15 on the year. So they have the 10th most wins and the 11th best winning percentage um, in the clutch this season. And that's significant because they played the sixth most clutch games in the NBA. So they find themselves in these situations a lot and they've been, they've been decent overall, but I, I think Josh Hart is, is, is the type of player that will make them better going forward in those moments, in those situations, make it more viable for the Knicks to consistently pull those types of games out. Uh, when we come back, I want to, I want to get a little bit more in depth into uh, exactly what Jalen Brunson and Julius Randall did to find success in this one. Um, but before I do that, I gotta, um, I gotta give a shout out to um, all the, uh, all the hiring managers out there. Um, and the number one place you can go to find quality candidates. And that would be LinkedIn as a small business owner or hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. I mean, I, I referenced it the other week. I use LinkedIn all the time to find opportunities I otherwise wouldn't. And I think the beauty of it is it, it just keeps you connected with people that you otherwise never would have talked to again. Like, I mean, I've had people that are like, I've gotten dinner with once or, or worked at the same place at me in just different times. And I end up just kind of reconnecting with them over LinkedIn. And it, it's led to a myriad of job opportunities for me over the years. And LinkedIn jobs, the beauty of it is they help you attract qualified candidates to your open job with targeting tools. And what I love is they have 875 million member profiles. So you're going to inevitably attract the highest quality people just, just because the sample size, the pool is so, so big. LinkedIn jobs makes it super easy to screen and read applicants based on your job qualifications on one platform. And it's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs, number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown MBA. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, of course, apply. And with that, we are back on the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw taking you through a big win over the Jazz. Um, Jalen Brunson, we buried the lead a little bit. 38 points in 39 minutes as he, he continues to stick a big old middle finger at Adam Silver for uh, putting Anthony Edwards for some reason on the all-star game over him. Look, Edwards is, is an absurd talent, right? And, and you, you ask me who I'd want the next 10 years. There is zero question. I would take Anthony Edwards over Jalen Brunson. I would, I would, I would basically trade off the Knicks franchise to have Anthony Edwards going forward. That's how much I believe in that guy, but Jalen Brunson pretty inarguably having a better season than him. I would say pretty inarguably having a better season than DeMar DeRozan who is allegedly surrounded by two other stars in Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, and yet uh, has a team that is significantly worse than the Knicks. Why is that guy getting rewarded um, over Jalen Brunson? De'Aaron Fox, I really had no issue with. He's awesome. Pascal Siakam, same deal. Uh, but Jalen Brunson, absolutely deserving to be an all-star and uh, showing it tonight. And I think, I think a little bit, I think we're going to see this whenever he goes up against 
a guy who was sort of on the margins of making the team in this game going up against Lowry Markinen, who is is really good and absolutely deserving to make the team. But Brunson just kind of making a statement, like saying, like, screw this. I am better than that, dude. And and he was clear cut the best player on the floor tonight. Um, when he goes up against the team that, that just doesn't have an elite, generally like bigger, thicker guard defender, like he he has been eating and he is so good at I mean, it's one thing to just to have the basketball IQ and to have the cognizance, right, that, hey, this is a matchup that I can take advantage of. But he actually has that uh, the aggressiveness to go do it night in and night out. And that's what we saw really early in this game, right, where he was just picking Utah apart with a screen rejection where he burst down the middle, got a little floater, um, had uh, Taylor Horton Tucker on him and. Just, just didn't give him the time of day. Said, "All right, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going right by this dude." Right, like little hesitation, dribble, burst, got a floater. Rudy Gay, who's like 50 years old, I'm, I'm, I'm and still playing well. Uh, shout out to Rudy Gay, but not a great defender. This way, Brunson sees him, hezzy, rapid fire cross, right by Gay for a layup. Cook Markinen with a step back three right in his eye. Like it was over and over and over again. A relentless peppering of shots from Jalen Brunson to lead the Knicks in this one. Julius Randle, um, a little bit more of a mixed performance. I thought at times the the shot selection was really dicey. But again, like if the Knicks offense isn't going to have any flow to it, and and earlier this season, like you could have pinned a lot of that on Julius. I, I don't believe that to necessarily be the case anymore. I, I, I don't think he's, he's the number one culprit, or at least most nights. He's not the number one culprit for the, for the lack of ball movement. You need someone who's going to make tough shots. And Julius did that. Like first quarter, there was zero flow. And Julius just comes down, hits back-to-back contested mid-range jumpers. I like, I don't love those shots, but if the ball isn't popping around, you need someone who's willing to take and make them. And and that has been either Brunson or Randall this entire season. And um, with with LeBron setting the scoring record, there's been a lot of discourse this week about um, like, like quote unquote, like, um, like the, I guess the best pure scorers of all time. Right. And, and I think a lot of times it's not really an objective metric. It's, it's more, it's more subjective and it more comes down to, all right, who, who was the deepest bag? Who is the most, most skilled, who is the most aesthetically pleasing game. And I think obviously not in an all time context, but in terms of just the NBA this year, Randall maybe gets under discussed in terms of the most skilled scores in the league, just because he is such a brute force because he gets a lot of it done on threes, but it's not only the, I mean, the contested middies, which are obviously really impressive, but his bag is so deep. Like he had, he had a two play sequence where he had like a reverse pivot inside pivot pump step through lay, and then a little pump fake into a one footed runner. We mentioned the dunk. I mean, even outside that his passing, like had a, had kind of a no look like right-handed with his offhand behind the back pass to Emmanuel quickly for a three um, made a huge three pointer with three minutes to go to make it one eighteen one Oh nine. That, that was, it was kind of the last like, time Utah was really close in this game like they, they got within six points right at the end but Utah really didn't threaten after Randall hit that shot we mentioned that he, he got middle a few possessions later he set up hard for the three like Randall Randall was great in the fourth quarter of this one um, who wasn't great for most of this game including largely the fourth quarter was, was RJ Barrett another another uh, I, I, I say rough sometimes just just to be generous but it, it was just a bad night for RJ finished with 20 points had six rebounds three assists like put the and this is the case where the stats lie. I mean, he fouled out, was was terrible by and large defensively. He had one really good possession late where he shut down Taylor Horton Tucker. But for the most part, Horton Tucker, it wasn't all on RJ, but a lot of it was RJ. Horton Tucker torched him for 23 points and seven assists. The other guy RJ was guarding 
for a lot of the second half was Jordan Clarkson, who after uh, going right at Quentin Grimes in the first half, the Knicks switched RJ onto him and Clarkson got pretty much whatever he wanted against RJ finished with 24 points, six rebounds and three assists in that matchup. That was, that was easy for Clarkson. And then offensively, again, the shot selection for RJ was, it was fine. It wasn't terrible, but again, he just, just couldn't really hit from three. Um, Got going in the third quarter with a couple nice drives to the basket. Did go 6-3-8 from the line, so that was a real bright spot for him. But there were a couple of things with RJ that just really grinded my gears in this ballgame. Number one was uh, just uh, completely missing uh, Obi Toppin for a a wide-open lob. Like, Obi was open under the rim for about uh, four seconds, maybe. Maybe that's long. Maybe it's two or three, but it was was pretty inexcusable. I, I, I posted a clip on Twitter and someone pointed out like maybe RJ didn't see him and he did have marketing on him. He did have Kessler or excuse me, not that RJ didn't see him. Maybe he did see him, but just didn't think he could get the pass over um, all the jazz size. That, that's fair, but that's a, it's just a play that RJ has to make, especially when RJ or excuse me, when um, Obi is open for that amount of time. And it, it is just a theme across the board that the Knicks are missing Obi Toppin right now when he is wide, wide open um and uh Obi's not doing himself any favors as well but that that play was just frustrating and then another one where RJ like he drove and he like on, on replay yeah he got fouled and and that sucked but he cannot sit back and complain to a ref while te- while his teammates are getting back on defense especially if he's going to have play after play every game where where guys are wide open and he's looking it off looking them off because that is the kind of stuff that builds resentment. And, and it is the kind of stuff that RJ has the luxury of doing and not getting pulled. But someone like if Obi did that, he's getting pulled in an instant. Even with all the goodwill Emmanuel quickly is built up. I think if he does that, Tom Thibodeau is, is maybe pulling him uh, right away. Uh, so it just, it just. I, I don't I don't know where to where to be with RJ right now, but I, I think I'm I maybe I don't know. Tell me in the comments if you disagree, but I'm not confident in him right now. And the continued inconsistency for four seasons now, um, not that it can never change. He's still, he's 22 years old. There's plenty of time, but I, I don't know how much, how much longer I want, I want to be on the RJ train. If, if, if I'm a Knicks fan, I, I almost, I, I think the hope is he starts playing better and he can be the key piece in a star trade. But I wonder this offseason if they look to moving him, look into trading him for a veteran who is a little bit more reliable, even if he doesn't have the ceiling that RJ has. And if you're the Knicks, I mean, that is that is a brutally tough decision to go and make because you don't have a lot of avenues for upside on this roster. And RJ, given his draft pedigree, given some of the flashes he's shown as a scorer, is sort of that guy where you're saying like, all right, if this team, like with like, let's just say without like a big star free agency signing, like if they're going to become a true blue contender, what needs to happen? And you're kind of banking on RJ ceiling being higher than what he showed so far. So that is, is, is just something even when the Knicks are winning that I, I am constantly thinking about. All right. uh, When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about tonight's game against the Brooklyn Nets, what to look forward to, in that one, as well as another great performance from Emmanuel. Quickly, another great performance from Isaiah Hardenstein. And the Knicks' inability to close that quarter. So all that and more next on the Locked on Knicks podcast. But first, man, we hope you took our advice and made some money from off the Super Bowl. 
But we got to tell you about America's number one sports book. Of course, that is FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And I'm going to look at Quentin Grimes. I think he's going to have a bounce back week. I would bet the over on threes for him. Like he is just too good of a shooter. Last 20 games now, he's been at 32% from three. He's too good of a shooter for that to continue. I am banking on. Uh, Law of averages, that bouncing back. So plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And with that, we are back on the LockedOn Knicks podcast. Uh, Third and final segment the New York Knicks have a, a really big game, if you didn't hear tonight, against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Knicks, as things currently stand, it is uh, 10.05 a.m. Monday, February uh, 13th. And they trailed the Brooklyn Nets in the standings by three games. The Nets, if you, if you didn't hear, um, so the Nets are in fifth, 33 and 23. Knicks are in seventh, 31 and 27. Um, if you didn't hear the Nets, uh, they traded away uh, their two superstars, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, no longer Brooklyn Nets. And I think it would be wrong to assume the Nets are just going to fall apart without those guys. They, they've gone one on one since the trade. The first game that they actually won was without the services of Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, who they acquired from the Phoenix Suns. And, and if you look at their roster, I, I think this team is, is very reminiscent weirdly enough, of, of the Nets teams of, of old. Um, not, not, not too old, but the ones about four or five seasons ago, back back when I was covering them, uh, with, with Spencer Dinwiddie, um, who, who's currently still there, um, with, of course, D'Angelo Russell, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, teams that were greater than the sum of their parts. And I, I think they are going to be very similar after these deals. Having Mikhail Bridges, having Cam Johnson, two guys who are both fantastic defenders, fantastic shooters. Bridges has, has blossomed into an elite third option and, and a pretty decent second option um, playing off of the right star that the Nets don't have yet, but it is a bonafide 20 plus point per game scorer at this point on, on top of being just one of the 10 to 12 best defenders in all of basketball. And, and they're still just stacked with shooting, right? Joe Harris, absolutely elite shooter. Yudo Wananabe. I'm not sure if he still is, but at one point leading the NBA in three point shooting this season, something like a 70% corner three point shooter, just absolutely absurd. Uh, from, from the corners this season. Not actually that high, probably like 56, 58, but you, you, you get my point. Um, Seth Curry can stroke it. Ben Simmons uh, is on the team. Uh, point being, they fit together beautifully. They play great defense. Nick Claxton has a borderline all-star case as a center. And I say all that, um, I know some of you are throwing up uh, in in uh, on, on your tables or on your phone. Why, why would you be listening at a table? Um, some of you are throwing up probably after hearing that, but the reason I say all that is because I don't think the Nets are going to fall apart, right? They have 27 games left in the season. They're probably going to go something like 13 and 14, I would say, over those 27 games. They should play right around 500 basketball. This is, this is a team that still has a ton of talent. And, and again, it's going to be greater than the sum of their parts. 
The Knicks, um, to tie the Nets if they go 13 and 14, the Knicks only have 25 games left. They have to go 15 and 10. And, and at that point, you set up a tiebreaker scenario where it comes down to in-division wins. Um, and then if those are tied, it would come down to head-to-head. The Knicks have two games left against the Nets, and it feels like they need to go 2-0 and to make up that margin. Um, and, and they should go 2-0 and because they're going to have the two best players on the court in Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. We'll see if they can actually pull it off. Um, as far as wrapping up the Jazz game, uh, another really good night for Emmanuel quickly. 23 minutes, 15 points, five boards, six or nine from the field, uh, three for six from three. Uh, I don't I don't know why RJ played 34 minutes in this game and quickly played 23 minutes in this game. Quickly has is is the has been the third best player on this team ever since Mitchell Robinson went down. Robinson would be the other guy in that conversation. Um RJ has nights. RJ has stretches where he's better, but it, it's, it's been quickly um, because he is infinitely better defensively than RJ is and has been way more reliable on offense. Even if he doesn't quite hit the highs that RJ is just epic efficiency, a better playmaker, his transition threes have once again become a real weapon. And it was kind of what I was getting at with Grimes, like all the decisiveness issues that were there with quickly, Earlier this season is gone. It, it is it is one of the better in-season transformations for a New York Knicks. I can remember in, in terms of a guy who seemingly had no idea what he was supposed to be doing to now makes the right decision almost every single play. He has been spectacular. I think he'll continue to be spectacular, even if the shot stops falling at quite the same rate because he's he's been hovering right around 38% from three over the last month of play. He should be playing 35 minutes a game for the New York Knicks. And and I know there are matchups where that is very tough with him and Jalen Brunson on the court together, but he, he, he just, he just needs to get that night in and night out. And on a night where he was great. Um, I, and I know Josh Hart was, was sort of the guy who, who interfered with it. I would argue going forward, Hart should be taking minutes away from RJ, not quickly. And I would even posit if, if RJ's play doesn't pick up, there's a world where you should be starting Hart over RJ. And I, I don't think the Knicks are going to do that just because they don't want RJ's trade value to tank. And and um, given the investment in RJ, uh, I mean, we've seen it over the years in, in, in other times where RJ's played really, really poorly. Tibbs, Tibbs has never put him on the bench. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that to change. I wouldn't expect that to happen now. What I would expect to change is that Hart is going to be finishing games over RJ Barrett instead of over Emmanuel quickly going forward. And to Tibbs's credit, um, he's, he's always said, it's not about who starts, it's about who finishes. And he actually generally does live up to that generally does play the best guys down the stretch. There, there are exceptions here or there where he makes wrong decisions. Um, but, but usually he's pretty good about that. And, and generally quickly has been a guy who's led the Knicks in, in fourth quarter minutes. Um, I w- was doing so earlier this year, if I remember correctly, even when he wasn't playing super well. So I, I think we will see that adjustment from Tom Thibodeau. And I think again, unless RJ really picks it up, the New York Knicks will absolutely be better um final shout outs isaiah hardenstein was awesome in this one obi Toppin, they should have traded him uh things things are looking bleak there uh, the knicks are, are just completely misusing him and uh they really miss mitchell robinson i know I, I said it before jericho sims does some good stuff but um the jazz were just eating in the paint in this game had had 30 points in the first half in the paint uh, the knicks did a slightly better job down the stretch of the fourth quarter of deterring drives but utah was was largely getting whatever they wanted like at times just pulling the knicks on the offensive glass I, I think getting Mitch back is is going to turn the Knicks into uh, maybe not a, maybe a juggernaut as strong, but a, a team that has a a legitimate 
a legitimate argument for for being um, the fifth best team in the Eastern Conference behind the Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, and Cavs. So on that happy note, we will we will wrap this one up. Uh, we will be back uh, bright and early tomorrow morning. I know I know we're putting this one up a little late, and I apologize for that. But we'll be back bright and early tomorrow morning with a recap of the Nets game. Until then, I'm Gavin Shaw. Be good. We'll talk to you soon on Locked On Nets.